0: Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? So many of the city were coming to him. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Have you ever had sea fever? I think many of you have. And you looked out over the ocean to where no landforms were blocking your view, then you have had that usually faint sense of wonder. It comes from not seeing where the ocean ends and the sky begins. Another location where you may have had sea fever is when you're actually on the ocean, supposedly in a boat. You're on the ocean, and realize how small you are in comparison to the ocean. I think those are some of the symptoms diagnosed by James Macefield in his poem of the same name, sea fever. The author does not just long to go down by the sea. He must go down to the sea. The United Kingdom's Poet Laureate for 37 years describes in Sea Fever the necessity to go down to the sea. He says in the first line, I must go down to the seas again to the lonely sea and the sky and all I ask is a tall ship and a star to steer her by. The next
1: verse begins
0: with the same necessity. I must go down to the seas again For the call of the running tide is a wild call and a clear call that may not be denied. And then he repeats the same line on the third verse. I must go down to the seas again, to the vagrant gypsy-like, to the gulls' way and the whale's way. It is the repetition that emphasizes the mysterious draw of the water and the need the necessity to be part of it, hence the title, Sea Fever. Water, like the sea, is everywhere, and yet it's one of the most simple, basic elements of life. But there is a draw to the water. And water is everywhere, of course, in the Bible, And when it appears in the Bible, it's so closely connected to the Spirit, with a big S. In Genesis, it's the very beginning of creation. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. And then there's that lesson, the Old Testament lesson, where Moses has the Israelites out in the desert and they're thirsty, they're murmuring. God says to Moses, use the staff, which you received earlier, hit it on the rock. He does, and the rock at Horeb gushes out water so the Israelites do not die from thirst on the Exodus. Notice the Bible says, The people thirsted for water. There's yet another way, physical way, one desires and has a necessity for water. (laughs) But then earlier in in the Exodus, there is the obvious connection between water and how it gives new life and freedom to the Israelites. Freedom and new life were made possible by passing through the Red Sea waters. So water and the Spirit are working together all through our scriptures. In so many ways, the mystical call and the purpose are there in the water, calling us to something larger than ourselves. New life, freedom, matters of the Spirit. The same is true in the worship of Almighty God. There is a draw to something beyond ourselves. Our worship Sunday by Sunday, even here, week by week, has that mystical, otherworldly quality to it. I think it's what draws so many of us to it. It's not like you go through all the rest of the week. We come here because we could be lifted beyond where we are. I don't think I would get up out of bed on a Sunday morning and sack myself off to Mass if that element of worship were not going to be present for me. The material needs to point me to, and even bring me to, some connection with the God of all creation, who is trying to get through to me. If that's not going to happen for me... (coughs) That if, if that's going to happen for me, I'm going to keep going to Mass. If it's not going to happen to me, then I'm going to keep going to Mass until it does happen to me. Something to this effect happened to the Samaritan woman at the well in today's Gospel. She came to know this Jesus as someone with divine authority. She knew that Jesus must be the Messiah because he told her everything about her marital status and he'd never met her before. The woman at first seems caught in the same literalism that Nicodemus was in which Nicodemus was caught last week. Remember in last week's gospel Nicodemus was stumped about spiritual rebirth. Nicodemus asked, How can a man be born again when he is old? And now a similar demonstration happens with a woman that, well, she declares thinking that Jesus actually wants water. Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From where do you get that living water? Jesus refers her to the water that he gives. Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is speaking of himself. She is converted and then she sees and knows him as the Messiah. And Jesus confirms it. Because he says, I who speak to you and he. The gift and hope of everlasting life are explained to the woman by Jesus in the water of everlasting life. And then he explains the work of giving others the gift and hope of everlasting life using the picture of sowing and reaping the harvest. He describes the disciples that they do not need to wait to reap the harvest of those ready for everlasting life. The harvest is ready now. I tell you, lift up your eyes and see how the fields are already white for harvest. The harvest is used because of the woman's testimony and her conversion. And then many Samaritans believed and came out to see Jesus and actually asked him to stay and teach with them, and he did. The key, it seems, is that unless people are pointed beyond their lives in this world, then they will not be moved to believe. There must be a hope, a belief in everlasting life, or the religion will not move people. It will not move their individual souls, nor will it move them to bring others to it. It's the supernatural, the mystical, the otherworldliness of religion is what people will latch on to, and rightly they should. No one is going to believe something unless it points to something better than this life. We need to know and believe that this is not all that there is. Notice had Jesus tell her all about her past, when he had previously not met her, she then believed. It is the spiritual and the mystical that moves the soul and is good for the soul. It's our soul that goes on from here and continues to everlasting life. We hang on the mystical quality of religion and we depend on the Holy Spirit to lead us through this life to everlasting life. We can be strengthened, knowing that by believing Jesus Christ in this world, the spiritual world of heaven will await us. Then we can be evangelists, even now to those who do not know Christ or doubt His presence in their lives. We can be the woman at the well and have our souls put in the hands of Jesus and bring others to know Him and to love Him. There's something to stripping away of unnecessary material things and getting down to basic necessities like water that helps us draw closer to the eternal. Aren't we trying to get back to more simple elements of life in Lent? That's what most of our Lent disciplines attempt to accomplish. It is in The setting aside, the stripping away of the things that we do not need that should allow us to focus on the things that are more out of this world. We put the distractions aside of things in this world to aid us in focusing on things that are not of this world. We have both elements of simplicity and universality in water. And those same two elements are present in Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. It's all about the water. He is the water that leads to everlasting life. Those gifts of faith and hope in that Samaritan woman will be the same ones that change our lives while we're on the way to everlasting life. We can have the sense of awe and wonder brought to us in the simplicity of water or in our worship of the Almighty. With our faith placed in Him, as did the woman at the well, we will be on the road to a more fulfilling life, a more fulfilling life even here, even now. It is not going to happen unless we open ourselves and drink in the water of everlasting life that is Jesus Christ in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost amen <laughs>